the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me again with Season Watch. I'm Wendy Scott. Nice to have you. And this is officially the end of a whole year of episodes. This is episode 52, and that completes my first year, and I'm just really excited. And I have suggested before that you consider listening to previous episodes, which focus on details concerning how current events are signs that we've begun the labor pains that Jesus warned about, and Paul, as evidence of the last days. So I urge you to go back and look at some of those earlier episodes, and I think that they'll be very enlightening. Lightning, and we go into a lot more detail. There's some audio clips and a lot of things that tie things together. We also talk about the rapture, pre-tribulation rapture, and all the evidence from the Bible for that. And these are things that um, I think we need to know about. It's really important to have a sense the, of the time that we're in, the season we're in. That's why we call it season watch. And so you definitely want to look at that, think about, hear about the great reset and the new world order and all the evidence that things are doing. We do talk about these updates, uh, usually at the beginning of the show, but, um, just how it all fits together and all that evidence. I think that that will be enlightening to you. And it's certainly important that we recognize the time is at hand, that Jesus' return to the church for the church is imminent. Just over the horizon, just around the corner. And if we recognize this, and this will change our mindset about the world, our place in the world, and our worldview. And if we understand how time is so short, we will get busy for the things that matter, the things that truly matter. And so, friends, today we continue our series on sharing the gospel, gospel, <laughs> gospel, and we're going to focus on getting started. How do we get started in these last days? Like the days of Noah, and we'll get to that hopefully. And so last time I urge us to all rethink our service to God. Uh, first of all, you should know for sure whether or not you're going to heaven. And so for those of you who who maybe aren't sure or have joined and you know you're going to heaven, I'm going to talk about the gospel a little bit today and, and as, as far as how we could tie into our sharing of the gospel. And so I always ask, I'll ask you right now to answer that question. If you died today, would you go to heaven. And so I meet a lot of people who identify, even as Christians, who say, no one can know for sure. But you can know, and you should know for sure. And so the entire New Testament, from Jesus to Revelation, testifies to God's promise of eternal life by faith 
alone in Jesus and his payment for our sins. He was our redeemer. He was the kinsman redeemer. He was the one that paid the ransom for us, right? And so we see, first of all, John three sixteen has been selected as the great uh, synopsis of the gospel. Jesus himself said what his mission was. And it says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Friend, if you doubt whether Jesus or God loves you, he loves the world he made him. The world's precious to him. He loves every last human soul and wants to bring him to himself, into his care, into safety with him. And that God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's it's incumbent upon us just to believe, nothing else, nothing added, just by faith alone. And we see in Mark ten forty five, he said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You understand what a ransom is? The Bible is very precise with its words. We must know the words. We must know the true wording of the Bible. We must bury it in our hearts. We've got to eat it and know it till it becomes a part of us because then we can pull these ideas out when we need them on the spot. And uh, quoting the word of God is the most powerful thing we can do. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. It can be trusted. And we're going to talk later in the series about how we can trust the words of the Bible, that it's, it's infallible in terms of communicating God's will to us. And uh, and so we look at that. His life is a ransom for many, and a ransom is given in exchange for someone to get someone back, someone who's been taken captive. And the Bible, as we've said before, uh, Satan is taken captive by us, and we've allowed it. And he paid the ransom to get us back, to earn us back. When we look at Jesus' discussion of um, the beggar, Lazarus, not not uh, Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, but the beggar Lazarus who died and that the rich man died. And they go into separate compartments before Jesus has died and paid the sin. He, they go into separate compartments and Lazarus, the, rich, uh, the beggar, goes to Abraham's bosom. And the rich uh, man goes into hell, into torments, and that there's a division between them, and that God paid a ransom to get those in Abraham's bosom out because they died in faith, trusting in God, trusting in the promises. And so even the Bible talks about that the the one who ascended on high, he led captivity captive, he gave gifts unto men, right? He went and he who ascended high first descended into the lower parts of the earth, right? Because he went down and he snatched away the keys to death and hell from Satan. And he preached to the prisoners in in the holding tank there in Abraham's bosom and let them go. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He released them. And it's by faith alone he paid the ransom and then he released them from death and they came up with him they got to go to heaven with him those spirits just spirits made perfect as hebrew calls it hebrews calls it so we must know that he paid the ransom for us to get us out of our eternal state of separation from him. And there are many passages in the New Testament that show us by faith alone in Jesus and what he did, we will have eternal life with him and his eternal kingdom. And so we see Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. 
confession and faith alone. First John 5, 12 through 13, it says, he who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you that those of you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. You may know and that you may believe in him in the one Son of God. And so uh, we see in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, this is, you can't describe it any better. By grace you've been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It's not of our works, because we would be able to boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. And we need to remember that in verse 8, we're saved by grace, and that in verse 10, that we've been saved to do good works, that God's foreordained that we should walk in them in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, to glorify him and what he did. It's a costly price that he paid to pay for the sins of the entire world. And so right now, you can tell Jesus if you, if you haven't accepted him, if you don't know for sure, you just tell him, I love you. I believe in you and what you did for me. I accept your payment for my sins, and I want to know you. I want to follow you, Jesus, and the best way I know how, I give my life to you. You could just say that to him in your heart. Give your heart to him. It's like a little marriage ceremony, that confession of faith in your heart. And then, of course, you're going to want to tell people, right? If you got married and you say, oh, shh, don't tell anybody that I married you, okay? Then what's wrong with that? You You wouldn't do that. And so tell people that you love Jesus. You should want to share it. Hey, look at if you found this great Italian restaurant that has a really good price and you tell everybody about, oh, you should try this place, right? And so, I mean, but we, we get embarrassed by the Son of God. What's the matter with us? That's Satan. He's messing with you and don't fall for it, you know? And so because we have been given such a tremendous gift, God calls us to share that gift as we're in the world, but not of the world. And if you think about it, what better way to return his love? What better way to share his love? And what better thing really can a person do? I always tell people, hey, let's say you're driving home from work one day and it's been, I don't know, was it a good day? Was it a bad day? I don't know. Ordinary day. You're driving home and all of a sudden you see a, a car on fire on the side of the road and you're like, oh my gosh, and there's nobody around and you see the driver's trapped behind the wheel and you go over there and you don't know how you do it. You just suddenly you bust the window or you pull them out of the car and you rescue them and you save them and you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, how did I just do that? I can't believe I just did that. And I will tell you, it does not matter what happened earlier in that day. It does not matter what happened earlier in that week. I'm telling you, you are not going to remember anything about that that week or that month, but you will never, ever forget that you saved someone's life. You will never forget that. You'll tell everybody, I can't believe that. I can't believe I did that. I don't even know what I was thinking. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. And you would just be so, so grateful that you were able to save someone's life. But friend, I tell you, that person is going to die again. They're going to die and a physical life only lasts so long. And there's nothing compared to eternal salvation.
salvation. Nothing compared to it. And it's worth our time. You would do something to intervene. I hope you would to save a human's life. Well, why can't we intervene in the smallest of ways to save their soul and to plant those seeds? And so what better thing can we do, right? And we must take part in his work of salvation. That's what we're called to do. And God knows that we're all different. He knows exactly uh, how we are and what our personalities. He knows how he's going to use us to get the good news to others. We just have to be willing. We have to open our hearts and our mind to doing things maybe a new way or to go further than we have before. And if we just ask him to show us how, he will reveal a perfect way forward for you, for me, in this time, in our situations. You know, you don't retire from God. If all you have is a phone and a laptop or whatever, and you have prayer, then you are not retired. God will use you. Trust me. And it'll be creative and it'll suit your personality. And you'll say, really? This is how you want me to? Yes. And you go, I can do that. And he goes, I know. And you'll be like, why did I wait? Of course I trust you. Tell him you trust him. Let him use you for your kingdom. And so we must not get stagnant in the way that we do things now, right? We probably have ministries now, but we can't get stagnant in them. We must look for new opportunities. The time is short. And as we've said before, one way to get the gospel out is to support other ministries that are really out there, right? And and they help people and make sure it's one that will give the gospel. Not the Red Cross. They're not going to give the gospel. You don't know what's going to happen to that money, right? Give it to an organization that's faithful with the money to give the gospel because that's all that matters. You give someone a dish of food today, it's not going to do them any good in a month or when the Taliban come knocking on their door, okay? They need eternal life. And so support or organizations like Compassion International, which go around, they help people that, especially kids that really need that support. They give them the gospel and they change lives and they become a lifetime support system. Just for a little money, go to Compassion International or Open Doors, which helps a persecuted church and supports them, helps to protect them or to get the gospel to them. And then we've got Wycliffe, and they get the gospel out there. Or Talking Bibles, they get the gospel out there. And there's Samaritan's Purse, and all kinds of, there's a ministry out there that digs wells for Jesus, and they bring the gospel to a village, and then they plant teachers, and they, they it's just such a tremendous work, and it's for little, little money at all. So help is no good without the gospel. Make sure that they're doing it, Okay. So sacrificially supporting those that do, praying for them faithfully and getting others to do the same is a tremendous work for the kingdom. Some things personally we can do are get some tracks in your car, in your purse, in your wallet, like the million dollar tracks I've talked about. Living Waters Ministries has these and they're very effective. People love them. I hand them out in the grocery store or when I'm going through any kind of line or a restaurant and um, I just say, hey, thanks for your help. Uh, here's a million bucks. And they look at it and they laugh. They look very realistic. You can go to livingwaters.com and order the million bucks. People love them. Or any kind of track that you like to give out. But I tell you, anything to get somebody interested, you could just drop it off. That's planting a seed. You can just give it to them. 
You could say, you know, God loves you and he has a good plan for your life. That's just planting a little seed. You don't have to give a whole sermon or do a big doctrinal dump on them. Just plant the seed. Give God a chance to go from there because you don't know where they are in their life. And they may be right at the right time where they're open to hear something. And when you plant that little seed, you might get a chance to go even further. Sometimes I'll ask people, I'll see them kind of linger over it. They'll flip it over. They'll look at the back. They'll start reading it. And I'll say, you know what? I'm just telling people God loves you and he has a good plan for your life. And they look at me and I think, well, I think I have a moment here. And I'll say, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about whether God loves you or, you know, whether he has a plan for you? And, you know, God does something really remarkable. He makes their hearts tender. And a lot of people look at me and go, yeah, I mean, I've thought about it, but I'm not really religious, and I, I don't know, and there you go. You're starting a conversation right there, and that's all you want to do. You just want to start a conversation, and um, lots of times uh, I'll I'll get the name of Jesus out there, right? I'll get the name of Jesus, and I'll say, like I'll wear hats that say Jesus. I don't actually wear hats anymore that say Jesus. I get a headache. But all my shirts say Jesus on them. And I'll wear, I've got a shirt that says, um, y'all need Jesus. I'm just saying. People laugh at that. Even unbelievers, they think it's funny. And now I've said the message, haven't I? I've got another one that says, um, ready or not, here I come, Jesus. <laughs> and people laugh at that too, right? But Ready, but I mean it. You know, it's funny. It's funny. It gets them thinking, though. And God plants a seed, right? Um, another one I saw out there that I that I like is uh, Jesus, best gift ever. Love that one, right? You can make your own T-shirt, but get the name Jesus in front of them. That's the name above all names, not God, because people have some funny ideas about God. Uh, you you know there's some really neat Christian shirts out there now, but you gotta you can barely read them. They're very stylistic, and most of the time they don't mention Jesus. I mean, not today, Satan. That's really funny. I like that, but it doesn't say Jesus, and you've got one shot with somebody, right? Then there's bumper stickers, right? You got to be careful with those. You don't want to drive like a jerk. <coughs> I have to say I have to apologize to Jesus a lot because I run late. But um, but still, the name's out there, right? And uh, and you get a bumper sticker on that says Jesus, something about Jesus. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Anything. And thousands of people will see that, and God can use it right there. You've been faithful to tell someone. So maybe you're kind of nervous about talking to people, but... Get those hats, those shirts, those bumper stickers, some pins, whatever you like. Put it on po- social media. Maybe get some sort of medallion that you like or some sort of thing and make that your po- social media thing. Something that has something to do with, you know, put it on Facebook, some medallion or something that's always there. It says something about Jesus, cute or whatever. Make people think God will use it. It's his job. And then you just want to start conversations with people. When you're in line, when you're waiting for say, hey, how's your day going? Oh, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? Uh, just throw that bait out there. Uh, and people, if they are in the mood to talk, they will start talking. Boom, there you go. You have a conversation. People are hurting or they're lost or they're discouraged or they think people don't care about them. Like they don't matter to God. But they're highly valued by God. God loves them so much. Every last person, the homeless guy laying on the ground passed out to... 
you know, the president, he loves every last soul. The Bible, Bible talks about this. And every last person, the lady cleaning the bathroom that doesn't even speak English, you, you can still say, hola, uh, you know, God bless you. Thank you. Smile. You know, Jesus is Dios. <laughs> Whatever. Plant a seed. Be ready in season and out of season. And it's time is short. And just throw that bait out there. And God will bring ready people across your path. And if you're faithful, just to start a conversation, he'll use you. It doesn't have to be a really big conversation. It can just be a plant plant a seed, right? Tell them God loves them. Tell them God has a plan for their life. And if they seem attentive, just ask, Hey, if you got run over by a bus today and died, would you go to heaven? I ask that all the time. Or sometimes I'll make it funny. I say bus because I, you know, there's usually not a bus around. I don't, I don't make it something that I think could really happen that day. Sometimes I'll say, Hey, if you got ran over by a T Rex today and died, I mean, whatever. People like it if you're funny and, you know, not, not all dark and gloomy, but just raise a question and look them in the eye and make them feel like they matter because they do. And make it feel like they matter to you because they matter to God, you know, and, and just ask them. And when I ask people, most people are not sure, right? Like I, like I said, uh, I'll ask, would you, would you like to go to heaven? Like if they don't know. And, you know, that's a simple follow-up question. Oh, do you think you would go to heaven if you died? Um, and then the follow-up question, what would you like to go? And would you like to know how to go? You believe it or not, once, once it's gotten this far, God's in it. I mean, he's going to do something. He'll give you a little opportunity. You'll know when to stop, but you can keep going. And I always like to say, well, you know the criteria for how you get into heaven? And do you know what it takes? And people don't really know. And I say, uh, well, um, you have to be perfect to go to heaven. Are you perfect? And they laugh. They're like, well, no, no one's perfect. I said, that's right. No one is perfect. No one can get into heaven. Or some people, when I ask them, they say, oh, I think I am going to heaven because I'm basically a good person. I'll say, well, you know what? That's not the criteria. Um, you, you can't just be basically a good person uh, in your own eyes by your own measurement where the good outweighs the bad. But it's because that's according to your standard. God's standard's much higher. You have to be perfect. And then I ask them, well, listen, okay, you're basically good, but have you ever been a jerk to somebody? Or have you ever made somebody feel bad, put them down, used a sharp tongue, or maybe talked bad about somebody? Have you ever lied? And they say, yes, of course. Yes, I have. Yes, I've done that. And then I say, well, can you imagine if we could get to heaven and still do all that stuff to each other, put each other down, make each other feel bad? Can you imagine that? Would that seem like heaven to you? And they always say, well, no, that doesn't seem like heaven. And I say, well, that's not even the really bad stuff. I mean, all the really bad stuff that people do, this is just like our attitudes towards the other. And it doesn't sound like heaven, does it? And they say no. And I say, well, that's right, because heaven is perfect. But we're not perfect. We have a sin nature. That's our nature is to do that, to be selfish and to treat each other that way. But God is perfect. And heaven has complete peace and joy and safety. And if we go to heaven the way we are, we'll pollute heaven. Heaven's perfect. It's spotless. And so we would ruin heaven if we go like this. That's why God left heaven. He put on a man and he paid for our sins himself. I mean, who would do that? He's perfect. 
and he's paying our debt. And he did it as Jesus. It's Jesus. And then he offers a gift of eternal life to anyone who wants it for free. And when we simply lay down our pride and accept his gift, he cleanses us. He gives us eternal life. And then we'll always be with him in his eternal kingdom. So friends, the gospel is simple. You can do it. Pray and trust God and he'll give you the right opportunities that suit you and your personality. There's no risk because you're not responsible for the outcome. Just to be faithful to try. He does all the rest. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So they either take the bait or they won't. Or it will plant a seed. You know, God bless you. He loves you. He has a good plan for your life. And God says that he'll make us fishers of men. That's his goal. So think about how you fish in different ways. Bait, lure, net. You want to do it, right? The net might be putting money into other ministries. The lure might be just kind of planting that little tease. And then the bait is the bait that we need to, you know, like I said, hey, you ever thought about if you would go to heaven or not? And uh, just tell God to use you. He knows you. You can trust him. And it'll be good. But friends, time is running short. Don't let Satan freak you out and keep you from the work. All of our hope is in him. And he will help you to bear good fruit. And just remember that as much as he loves you, he loves every single person around you. And I know Francis Assisi used to say, hey, get the gospel to everyone. And if necessary, use words. No, friends, we have to use words because there's a lot of nice people but they're not going to heaven. We want to make sure not only that you're going, but that the people you touch their lives, they know why it's in Jesus' name. And so we're going to start looking at how to share the gospel, how the Bible's trustworthy, and how we could break down the barriers against it. And so I hope you will join me again next time. Until then, may God rest you all. May God bless you all. (laughs) Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Friends, after Jesus described the end of the age, he encouraged his disciples, when you see these things begin, look up for your redemption draws near. Watch therefore and pray always that you are worthy to escape all these things that are coming on the earth. Hi, I'm Wendy Scott. Please join me Saturdays at 3 p.m. on K Praise for Season Watch where we will observe these times through biblical binoculars and talk about the good works that God has ordained for us in these last prophetic days. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.